and welcome to Built on Air, a podcast and video series about all things Airtable. Built on Air is sponsored by OpenSide, a premium provider of products and services supporting Airtable customers. I'm your host, Zoe Vanderplu, and this week on the show, we're talking to Sydney Thomas, investment associate and head of operations at Precursor Ventures, an investment firm based in San Francisco, California. Sydney describes how and why she chose Airtable as the must-have system for Precursor's tiny but mighty team of two. She gives us a tour of the base she built to manage their portfolio. Her template for this has become quite popular on Airtable Universe. And Sydney also shows us a base compiling a list of black women in the venture capital community, which she shared with the world on Medium. Hey, Sydney, thank you so much for being on the show with us today. Um, And why don't you just introduce yourself, tell us who you are, where you live, who are you as a human, you know, all that kind of good stuff. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, I'm excited to be here. I am a investor at Precursor Ventures and also the head of ops at Precursor Ventures. In, um, I guess, more generally as a human, where am I from? I'm from San Diego, and I am came to San. I live in. I work in San Francisco, and I live in Berkeley. And I came out here about five or so years ago to go to business school at Berkeley. Traveled here from by way of New York, which I miss often, but it's pretty cool because you have quite a few investor investments in New York. So I get back there pretty, pretty frequently, but that's yeah. a high level who I am. Cool. Um, yeah. And I know you just from sort of doing like a little bit of Googling about you, you've lived many sort of different iterations of like jobs and probably, you know, uh, philosophy, like sort of like, you know, ways of looking at things, ways of solving problems. Um, but I know your kind of, your whole work is sort of focused on this really kind of personal philosophy that you have. Do you kind of want to talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So yes, it is. And, um, my background, I've done everything from, um, work with individual public schools in New York City to draft federal legislation to work on the Hill with Congresswoman Barbara Lee and the whole way through and now I'm in venture and the whole way through I've been particularly interested in solving this one problem with this which is wealth inequality especially between races within the U.S. I think the more research I focused on researching this when I was in undergrad and the more research I did on wealth was the more I found that it was such an interesting indicator in so many things that like are linked positively to your life outcomes that without it, you're really stifled. And so I thought that I could, you know, I was like bright eyed, bushy tailed college student, I can solve this. And so obviously, (laughs) yeah, no big deal. (laughs) And so haven't solved it yet, but have been just continually traveling on this journey of trying to iterate on what I think is the most effective way to solve it. So as a, as a working at a VC firm, what is your kind of like typical day to day like, and, and then also kind of how do, you know, the apps you choose and write technology, one of them being Airtable, obviously that you use to kind of manage your business. How does that like factor into your whole flow and organization? Yeah. Um, So the cool thing about being on a team of two is that we actually 
need a lot of, we rely on technology, I think, more than most VC firms because we just don't have any people to supplement anything. <laughs> it's literally, if it needs to get done, it's either our own manpower or it is by way of technology. And so every time I'm evaluating a tech, a, something that an app or a, a CRM or anything that we're going to use for the firm, it's always around this lens of like, how many things can it do and how much time can it essentially give us back? And so I'd say those are the main two two lenses. And um, I don't, I can get into it now, kind of like how I found Airtable. Oh, yes, please. Tell us your, your Airtable journey. <laughs> yeah. So when I first joined Precursor, one of the first jobs I had was like, what is what should our CRM system be? We didn't have one. And so it was kind of like a blank slate that I could go off of. And so I did a number of um, deep dives with other VCs and just kind of like generally surveyed the the interwebs to find all of the options. Right. And I realized that like one, there was no best practice within VC around CRM, which was really weird to me because I was like, all of these people have been like working in this industry for 10 plus years and they don't have a software solution for this really basic problem. Right. Or it's like, haven't they funded a company that solved this already? Like, what? Exactly. Exactly. So weird. And then the other one was around, um, so that was like when I was surveying the VCs and then when I was doing my own research into CRMs, I found so many things that were like really good at one thing, but not really great at another. Um, one of the things that I was looking at was um, uh, there's a few that plug directly into G Suite. And so it was like really seamless and it's kind of like easy, but they're very limited in what they could do versus on the flip side, there'd be something that is not seamless at all and requires a lot of manual input, but can do is really versatile. And I felt like Airtable was actually a really great sweet spot in between the two where it allowed me to link information within the database itself so like it was constantly updating itself on its own almost but also um, allowed us to link updated information directly from our email so i've just had so much fun with Airtable, whether it's like playing around with the functions or whether or not it is playing around with um all of the different emojis. I love how that's like a different thing that we can play around with now. And so we've integrated it into a number of specific meetings that we'll have where we will essentially use Airtable to review all of the current, how the entire current portfolio is doing. Um, we use it to understand, right now actually we're using it to understand like which portfolio companies, which portfolio founders within the, within the portfolio aren't yet um, on our website, which which ones don't have their headshots on our website. We're going through that right now. Um, and uh, another thing we use it for a lot is just understanding like how, what is our ownership level in individual companies? We have a lot of financial information data in there. And then um, not just that, but who are the co-investors in that round? And so that we can understand like which investors should other portfolio companies be talking to who they might not know um, 
And so we just created a new a new um, view within Airtable that essentially um, scrapes all the data around like which investors invest in which size rounds and do they lead or follow. And so essentially what I'm saying is it's kind of like an unlimited amount of permutations that we've been playing around with, which has been just like really fun. Yeah, I know it is so fun to like set up and just experiment with also because like you you can't really mess it up. Like, you know, if you try to build a formula and you're like, oh man, like I need to come back to that. You can just leave it and deal with it later. It's okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I really kind of like what you're saying, kind of how you're using Airtable, not just as a place to like store all this data, but you're, you're actively like gleaning insights from it. Like it's sort of like a little bit of like a crystal ball or something mm-hmm. right? where you're like hey well we have this information somewhere how can we like draw it out um to show people or you know gain more insight um and mm-hmm. I, I think that's like sort of the um that that's where like you know it's a little bit more difficult to understand and set up but that can also be where Airtable really shines especially once you kind of get a good handle on like what data it is that you're capturing you know you need to know a little bit about yourself and your process for for Airtable to work really well for you for sure like I actually for the investor for like portfolio database that I set up that was a month-long process of me just getting to a place where I felt like it was actually capturing all of the information that we wanted, a very iterative process, like, wait, maybe we should add this this column, but how could we not add this column and just make it a, like, just gather this information automatically by adding this other column in this other, in this other sheet? And so, agreed. It is definitely a... a a project (laughs) to create the initial base but once you have it done it's like it can be completely you can get so much time back in in your life absolutely yeah and and you seem to be kind of uh, a type of person where when you want to you know learn about a problem or learn something you'll just ask a bunch of people and then kind of synthesize the information so so once you decided okay no one knows what CRM is best I'll choose did you reach out to anyone else to to help like learn Airtable or how did you kind of teach yourself how to use it and build with it yeah that's a good question um so this was like two years ago when I think like Airtable was still kind of like a like a more of no not really that there not that many people used it, so it was actually harder to find people who were like, oh, yeah, I use it and I love it, or like, yeah, I use it and I love it. So I actually didn't talk to anybody in VC who could help put me in the right right um, direction, put me in the right direction, but I'm friends with Shawnee from undergrad. We both went to Juke together. She's the on the customer success team at Airtable, and so we had a few jam sessions where we're just kind of like, what how can how can this be better? What am I doing wrong? What am I missing? Um, and so, but I think most of it was actually just in my head. It was kind of cool. It was more like a jigsaw puzzle. It was like, how can I put all of these things together? And then now when I need help, Airtable has evolved to like become this like really big deal. And so I'm emailing, if I have a question, I usually just um, ask the the ask it on their intercom system and I get a response within 24 hours. And so, um, but yeah, the first wave of it was really just kind of like me in a box 
just kind of like trying to find, you know, the light. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that it is true. Like it's building it. It requires you to kind of be introspective, like in this mm-hmm. weird, like problem solving philosophical way, like about your mm-hmm. data that I, I think not a lot of people like think about, you know, they're like, Oh yeah, I have the stuff. I just put it in here and it does stuff. But you're like, well, if I can build it, then I need to be like really sure about like how I'm, you know, store, like measuring everything and what I want to include. Um, yeah. And it does kind of require that like initial bit of just like, you know, long walks with yourself or whatever. <laughs> like, um, exactly. And luckily I'm on an organization of two, cause it was also like a lot of discussions with Charles where it was like, it kind of forces you to think for your priority. And, and Charles is the um, other member and precursor, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it was a lot of, for, it was a forcing function for us to get really clear on exactly what do we want to measure and why, and what don't we want to measure and why. And I can see how in a larger institution where like there are not, not just one other stakeholder, but like 10 or 12 or 20, like that can get really sticky. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like sometimes it, it is easier to fit yourself in another box because mm-hmm. those conversations are really hard. But yeah, with a two person team, it's like perfect for to create the box um, mm-hmm. sit inside of it. Exactly. So so what are your favorite, um, you know, Airtable in, in the two years you've used it? Obviously, there have been so many like new features and like all this stuff. Where you're like, wow, you know, sometimes you're like, finally. And then other times, you know, you're like, wow, I didn't even like think about that. But this is actually really cool. I'm going to use it all the time. So are, is there a feature or two that really sticks out for you that um, you really enjoy uh, using? Yeah. Um, well, I loved when the blocks started coming online. So those have been really fun. Some I thought I was going to use more than others. Like one um, is like a geotag block where we can understand like where all of the founders are in the portfolio by just adding that block to like this one sheet that we have where we have all of their names and all of their addresses. That one's cool. We don't use it as much. One that I've really enjoyed over the past couple of months, we were in the process of hiring. And I've loved using the SendGrid block because it is so awesome in that, like, it helped me keep um, all of my kind of, like, all the things I was trying to manage, like, did I follow up with this person or did I send, like, an email inviting them to the next round or did I tell them that, like, actually, like, they're not a great fit and, like, it just automated that in such a seamless way that I really, I don't know what I would have done um, without it. So we ran our entire interview process using our table in the SendGrid block. Awesome. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. And then is there anything, um, you know, that you're, you're hoping to see that Airtable adds in the future that would kind of help you, you know, solve a way you're trying to visualize something or, you know, present data or whatever um, that's a little bit limited right now? Yeah. One thing that we would like is um, – And they might have this already, but we don't really um, have, I haven't figured out how to measure it is like points in time. Like when we add a portfolio company to the Airtable um, block, like how can we measure like their historical data in a way that is um, more like a financial model and less like a spreadsheet. But I think like, 
that might already be in the base and I just haven't figured it out, but that's one that we're, we'd like to, I think I should probably put more time into figuring it out. Right. Yeah. Figuring out it's, it's, I think it is, it, it, that's where like Airtable sort of more rigid than a spreadsheet in some ways, mm-hmm. right? Because you can't just like, oh, I'll put a bunch of numbers in here and then like put a graph in this other sheet, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, so you need to be like a little bit more like disciplined and also creative with maybe how you can, visual, you know, kind of track more complex things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to put it. So I'm really excited to see a couple of the um, bases that you have for us. I know there, there are, you've shared them on the Airtable universe already, but we're excited to kind of see you walk through them. Um, so go ahead and share your screen and get settled. Um, okay, pull it up. Um, and then, so I guess maybe we can do the Black Women in BC first. Um, and we can talk about kind of how you, because you like, posted that on Medium and like a bunch of people are, you know, kind of looking at it and interacting with it. And then also just taking a look at your own personal or not personal, you know, uh, professional internal base. Yeah. Um, let me pull it up. I think it's always, I'll pull up the Black Moon VC one first. So I will share my screen. So the impetus behind this one was um, when I first got into VC, I was personally curious about the Black women in VC because obviously I'm a Black woman and in VC, and I was kept going into these spaces where I was the only one, and I just didn't believe that I was the only one. I knew there were others, but I just didn't. And so I spent a lot of time when I first got here reaching out and meeting with each one of these people. I was like, okay, I'm just going to be as proactive as I can to build this network because I think it exists. I think these people exist. And so there needs to be a more, I think a more cohesive um, group of us so that we have a little more power when there's more of us than just one. And so Charles, my boss, asked me, um, like, you probably know all of the Black women in BC right now. It'd probably be helpful if you put together maybe a list. Other people might be interested in knowing this. And I was like, okay. And so I just started writing it out. And then I'm like, hmm, maybe I should just make it, maybe I should just write about this. And so then I started the medium. And then when I started thinking through how best to, how best to display the list to the outside world, um, Airtable and Medium have a really interesting partnership where you can essentially embed a phase within medium posts and it allows you to be really, um, to essentially, whenever you update the base, it automatically gets updated on medium. It has like all these fun colors because Airtable always has fun colors. And so had all of these things. And so it was kind and I'd already built the other Airtable base for our internal processes. So I already was really familiar with the system. So I created it. And so I decided to just put together a list of everyone with kind of the most Im- important information I thought, which was like name, team, like are they on the investment team or on the operations team, um, title, their Twitter handle, what firm they worked for, if they worked for a firm, but some of them are also angels, where they were and where they focused their investments. And um, yeah, it's gotten really great reception. And I think it's because like 
there's just there's there haven't been a lot of other people who have been as proactive in finding these women as I have. And so I think they're really excited about having this opportunity to um, find a a a group of women who are black, who are in DC, kind of in one place. It's like a one-stop shop. Yeah, for sure. And and then also like to be able to just dis- like share it and display it so easily. Like uh, we'll we'll link the medium article in the show notes so people can check it out. But you know, people are commenting on it. Um, or I guess they were in 2017 when you when you posted this. I'm sure it's not getting that much, you know. <laughs> um, but but I can see you know people have added all of these like sort of really awesome like other people that you should check mm-hmm. out. And you know, I think part of it right is instead of you writing the medium article and like making a big list, you can just embed the base and like it's really nice and easy for for people to see and you know look at and search if they want and all of that mm-hmm. good stuff. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I just, I, I think there is definitely something to be said about being like, okay, well, I'm in this new, like, unfamiliar space. Like, where's my tribe? You know, let me like, exactly. you know, and uh, it's just really cool also that you actually, you know, like, not only do I have this information, but everyone should have it here, you know, yeah. Go along, you. check it out. And, and then I guess we'll, we'll sort of, that was a nice little like appetizer to, I guess, <laughs> more complex, um, you know, base that you'll show us about your, um, for that you use for precursor. I'm assuming you have like a version of it that doesn't have any like sensitive info. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm going to use the one that I have on universe because that one's a little more, um, sanitized. Cool. And I think like probably the best compliment I've gotten is that it's been copied now like over 400 times and I think it's just like um really indicative of what I knew was happening which is that nobody had built this (laughs) and so I've seen iterations of this um by other um VC firms I've seen them on Twitter I've seen them kind of like everywhere where someone has if not a complete um, built out version of this a much more trimmed down version um, and so that's been really cool to to um, follow yeah that is awesome um, and I love all these like fake companies that they put in here too oh my gosh so like major kudos goes to the Airtable team who when I told them I would like to publish this on the universe database actually scrubbed our entire base um and created all of these fun new names and like all of these fun like things for um for all fake data to go to help publish publicize to the outside world like what we did it's really cool um so and then in in your we'll like walk through all the tables you know and you can tell us Mm -hmm. of course but is do you integrate your air table with with anything else like any automations or are you guys sort of using it as like a standalone thing that that you'll just kind of update manually as needed mm-hmm. that's a great question we do um we don't do many integrations with air table most of the things that we do we use a lot of forms to essentially like one of our things where um when we first start onboarding portfolio companies, we ask them to fill out a form of information about like who, what are their names, like what is their email, what what is their LinkedIn, kind of like high level information. 
and we capture that here. And so, um, but we don't do a lot of integrations with the outside world. And that's largely because, and I'll go through this when we get to the that specific section, but like the data that we're capturing in Airtable is, it's very specific. And so it's hard to just like kind of add, create a Zapier integration between a Gmail and Airtable and like just add in an email and like all of the note, all of the all of the qualitative information from that email into a row on Airtable because that doesn't actually help us. Um, the way we've structured it is that it's we're really manual on the front end and so that the the insights that we get are actually really valuable. Right. Because you're sort of like being the safeguard of the the data that goes in the base and you're making sure that, you know, everything is exactly as you need it to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so give us the tour, walk us through. Yeah. So this is kind of like the main kind of like roll up of all of the information. You'll see a lot of roll up um, functions here, but essentially in the main view of portfolio companies, like the source of truth. So it has all of the portfolio company names, status, so active if it's like still alive, essentially, and inactive if it, the company was acquired or shut down, um, fund. And so for us, this is like, uh, like it's either in fund one or fund two, then a short description, current stage versus like, when did we invest in the company? So like, has it graduated to seed versus, and if, even though we invested in a pre-seed. Mm -hmm. Funding rounds is like, also, we'll get, I'll like just kind of dig in. We, this is linked to another, another uh, sheet where we have more information on like for every single funding round, we capture a lot of data. Like what did we get our parada rights? What was the evaluation? Um, how many shares did we buy? If it was a priced round, who were our co-investors? was this a follow-on investment so that's kind of so each one of these holds a lot of like nuggets then this is like what sector are they kind of high level are they b2b software or digital health or marketplace um where are they located in the world <laughs> so toronto or bay area or something california the logo what is their logo have we put them on the website yet um, what is your company URL, so, so we know? Um, and this is a roll-up of information of, like, how much money have we invested in this company to date? Right. And it's in millions. And so for this one, we've invested $300,000. Have we already followed on? Um, and if we have or haven't, like, how much money do we expect to follow on? And this is interesting because as we do our reserve planning for the fund, so like as we think through how much money do we need to have on on hand to invest in companies as they grow, this um, sum number is actually really helpful. So it's like we know we need $280,000 to just like hold in a, in a bucket and not invest in new companies because the current companies are going to need that money. Mm -hmm. This is like a roll-up of, of all of that information. What is our total expected investment? And then this is more um, interesting for us to know, like, if they are, what is their valuation? So for pre-money valuation, that means that it was a, um, it was a priced round. And so, but versus pre-money valuation cap means that it was 
down on a safe or a convertible note or something like that. And then these next like three sections are kind of like all in one in that like the total company shares owned is a roll up of um, in the investment um, details round where we have how many shares have we bought in the company to date. Total company shares outstanding. That's like the the overall number of shares that they have to get to our ownership in each one of the companies. And then who are these portfolio founders? So this rolls up from another um, another sheet, which has like, these are all of the information about this person. Like we like to track gender and race because we want to make sure that we're creating a diverse portfolio, email, phone number, all this stuff we track. Allergies yeah. are like that too. <laughs> yeah, we throw we try to throw a number of events, and so it's nice to not have to ask them every time. Like, is anybody allergic to tree nuts? We can just say like, we know, and so let's not do that. Mm-hmm. And um, we also do birthday gifts, and so we want to see. We I track um, whether or not I sent the birthday gift this year what their favorite thing they tell us what their favorite things were um and this is what i also like put together like what do i think an idea for a birthday gift for them should be so it's fun and then this has more information about the co-investors what i was talking about before was portfolio updates and kind of um why we can't just automatically every time we get an email from one of these portfolio founders like just throw it into Airtable. We comb through each one of these emails that they send us and pull out what is their monthly recurring revenue? How many customers do they have? How many employees do they have? What is their monthly burn? What is their cash on hand? Have they asked for any specific help in in that email, like around um, fundraising or sales or, or introductions? Um, are there any additional notes? And is there like some sort of attachment that they also included that we want to ensure we have. This is a roll-up of how many portfolio updates has that company sent us to date. So like, for example, Beta Tech, we'd need to follow up with because they've given us none. (laughs) And this is um, overall, like, timing-wise, like, how long has it been since our last update um, in weeks? Um, this This is all kind of, like, dummy data that I don't actually look at. I only really created it in order to get to this, um, which is like, uh, in order to get to the formula of whether or not the update is overdue, I had to create a few additional um, columns to get the math uh, behind behind what I was trying to get at. So it's like, for example, Zotware, we want to have an update every six weeks. If I haven't with this data gotten to like it's been at least it's been less than six weeks since we've talked to Zotware, then it gets an exclamation point and we need to follow up with them. Versus actually beta tech is doing well in that we have received an update from them within the last four weeks. And so um, they get a checkbox. So I think I just read this wrong. But I usually only in my view, all of these all of these are closed. And so I don't even really reference them. And it's right. Yeah. You set it up once you're like, it works. And then you go. And also I feel like it's a little weird here because it's like dummy data that probably hasn't been touched since 2017. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely like 
you're like, okay, let me do all this weird math and formulas. And then I just want an emoji. Like, just, mm-hmm. tell, me, uh, just tell me the summary, right? Is it green or red? Exactly, um, exactly. And then this was more kind of like a, we got questions from some of our LPs, like how much do, time do we spend with each company and can we scale essentially all of that support? And so I just created another um, column to have us understand like overall, how much time do we have to spend with each company if we were going to spend um, an hour or two hours or not an hour at all with one of these companies. And then this is information on like, did they send the portfolio update via an investor email? Sometimes it's just nice to check that to know whether or not they send investor emails because some of the portfolio companies just don't. And so we know whether or not to look out for one from them or not. Mm -hmm. What is their next milestones? This is something like, are they approaching a million in ARR or are they looking for an acquisition or are they about to IPO? Mm -hmm. Source, like where did we get this company from? Was it a personal connection? Was it an LP connection? Was it a portfolio company? What is the law firm that they use? What is the bank that they use? Are they currently fundraising? Are they on eShares? We like to track because we do an, our audit through eShares. And so it's nice to have like all of their information somewhere that is like that is connected to our CFO and our um, accounting firms. Mm-hmm. This is to help us track like which investors have we introdu- introduced the companies to? Are we concerned about them? So are they on a watch list? <laughs> and this is like a, another piece around like how much time do we think we need to spend with them on a monthly basis versus I think the other one is more on a weekly or, um, uh, yep, it was a weekly basis. So this is kind of like all the things. And then the other sheets have more specific information with like one specific thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. I really like how you're sort of, uh, I mean, it's like, you you know, of course you take in all this like general information about them, but you're also like, even though, you know, you chose to go somewhere that wasn't integrated with Gmail, you're still just tracking the timelines here, right? Because really it's just like, do I need to, as I'm looking at this, go back into my inbox and do something or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so that's kind of like, the nitty gritty with that one, I think the one that we use probably just as often is this one around like investment details where we capture like every piece of every single investment, like what is going on with that um, investment. And so the cool, the reason why I love tracking it in Airtable though, like instead of going like one by one, is it just allows us to really quickly whenever we have a um inquiry from someone or especially from an lp a prospective lp a current lp or another investor where they're just kind of like what is your average like pre-money valuation on safe notes or on convertible note notes on convertible notes <laughs> we can do a few quick like filters or groups and like get to that truth really easily in a way that like i Every time I had to get to this information in Excel or in Google Sheets, I had to recreate the wheel, like literally every single time. And the ability to just like be able to have all of the information in one place and then just hide some of it for one thing, but 
create um, some sort of like source of truth to get to another really specific question is a very unique capability that I found with Airtable. Right. Yeah. The views and the filters I can imagine are just like game changers for you guys. Just right. In Google Sheets instead, you're like, okay, well, I need to filter this, but like really I don't even have everything like set up accurately. So filters will work and then I have to turn them off. And then you're like, oh, I spent an hour getting this one number for this email. Um, Exactly. Exactly. That's kind of like high-level investment view. Portfolio founders, this is the information that we ask the portfolio founders to fill out themselves, and then we are able to use it to um, inform, like, what whether or not we do an event in the Bay or in New York. Like, how many people do we think would show up to an event if we threw it in Toronto? Or, like, the birthday gifts, as I said before, um, and more of the, the feel-good stuff that we do with the portfolio founders. The human things. Yeah, the human things, exactly. And this one is uh, more comprehensive, and I update this every time we get an email update from the founders with the information of what's going on with the company. And so it's like, what day was the update? Was the portfolio company? What is all of the the MRR bird? The things that I mentioned before, this is just a function that divides one by the other. Uh, Fundraising help requests, notes, those are, and those are kind of like the major hits. I'd say like investment company for me, information that was specifically interesting when we were really interested in um, using this as a, as kind of like a latest source LPs. Mm-hmm. And so we're understanding like which of these LPs might be interested in us, which of the LPs are connected to which companies kind of like, that CRM piece. And this was more around like individual investors. Sometimes this was angels. Sometimes this was like in specific investors within VC firms that we wanted to keep a really tight um, connection to where it was just kind of like, what are they interested in right now? Um, what do we want to work with them? What are, we also did jackets. size. we did um, a jacket purchased for all of our LPs and so it's also like tracking all of our information all of their information about like what is their jacket size do we know when we need to send these jackets like how many of which size we need to get mm-hmm. yeah so it's you kind of just run the gambit here from like the biggest pieces of information to like the little tiny like uh you know do you have a nut allergy <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know, what is your favorite birthday gift that you would like to receive Exactly. And I think like uh, that's another piece of why Airtable was so fundamentally interesting and, and different from the others is that like ability to go back and forth between quantitative and qualitative so seamlessly. Yeah, is, I think just a completely unmatched, um, especially with regards to like having, um, what is it, like this uh, even basic small things like having like a sum or like the average or like min max, like all these like really easy go to um, information site, like sitting right next to something like this, where it's like where it's like so random and purely qualitative. Right. Yeah. So you, you don't kind of have to like, yeah, go to an Excel sheet and then like maybe like a form that they filled out in another sheet. It's just all here. 
you can hide it if you want, show it if you want. Um, and I think that's a really good point about kind of accessibility, especially for teams that are as small as yours, because any, you know, every additional like five minutes you spend just trying to find information is like a really valuable amount of time that you've lost. So just to, to have it here, <laughs> you're like, it's there. Like, I don't need to search for it. It's so true. And I've been playing around actually more recently, like as, we've gotten because we also use um one of these views, the vc marketing view we use actually for external purposes and so we have locked down a lot of the hidden fields mm-hmm. and um i one of the more i think recent features of our table that i really like is the lock feature mm-hmm. as well which allows us to share this and like n- none of us like me or charles can like mess this up because it won't let us <laughs> or like it'll prompt us be like are you sure you really want to make this edit because if you make this edit every single person who you sent this link to um oh they don't have it here but it's like uh there's yeah, like, a little box with the arrow mm-hmm. everyone who has this link is going to see your edit and it's been really cool to have that ability to make this even more of an external facing um source of truth so that we don't also have to like recreate like some other Excel spreadsheet to send around or like PDF document to send around like all of the information that we've been cultivating is easily shared with the outside world. Right. And then if you change something, add something, they visit it and it's still up to date. You don't have to send out PDF round two or whatever. Exactly. Oh my gosh, that was the worst. <laughs> dark days, dark days. It was. Oh my God, yeah, let's not talk about it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for this walkthrough. It's really awesome to see kind of how just very clear you've organized everything and um, also like how many people have downloaded it. That's really cool. You've, you've created something that people appreciate here for sure. Um, yeah. And until um, before um, we end the podcast, would you tell our listeners or watchers um, how they can find you? Yeah, so you can find me. I am on Twitter too often. I'm at Sydney Page One Zero, and you can also find me um, on email. I'm Sydney at precursorvc.com. Awesome. Well, Sydney, thank you so much for walking us through your kind of little VC Airtable world. It was a lot of fun. Um, and good luck with your, you know, uh, San Francisco, Berkeley, New York, uh, Toronto International VC Travels. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, you too, Zoe. Talk to you later.